Welcome to Time for Truth. I'm Winston Parrish, and in a world full of lies, deception, and confusion, it's time for more truth. We understand truth to be defined in God's Word as timeless. Truth is relentless. Truth will always be unapologetic on this podcast, and truth can transform your life, the life of your family, the life of your loved ones, and at the end of the day, truth is our only hope. So for just a few minutes, grab your Bible, grab a pen, and get ready because it's time for truth. Let's read together Psalms chapter 13 and verse number one. It says this, and I want you to pay attention. If you've got your Bible and a highlighter or a pen, I want you to highlight the three how longs. The three how longs. Verse number one says, How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? Here it is, the third. How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Some pretty serious stuff in these verses. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. So here we are in these six small verses of Psalm chapter 13. And just a background on what's going on. The psalmist here is David. And David has been perplexed and troubled with King Saul and all that goes on there. And you can read in the Bible uh, in different places what all that uh, entails. But David is troubled, he's exhausted, he's depressed. And really, David, in these verses, he's truly discouraged. And for most of us right now, uh, the condition of our country and really the condition of our churches, most of us are either, are either there or we've been there recently. And maybe if you're not there, there's a place and a point that you can remember you have been there where you've been exhausted, you've been tired, and maybe you've even been discouraged and depressed. And this is the reality that David is describing in this psalm. He is at the end of his rope. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know even how to really express the emotion. And David is really, he's done. He's over it. He can't take another day of this circumstance and situation. And really, most of us have been there. If you've lived life at all, there has been a place and a time where you've been down and you've had uh, really discouragement. And so many people that I know are dealing with this very uh, emotion right now. And some people are even depressed. They've not been able to go to work. They've not been able to come to church and worship and see people and be around uh, their normal. And it's caused them a state of true depression. And we're praying for those people. And I'll be completely transparent with you. Um, I'm a people person. 
I am big personality. I'm loud. I got a big mouth. I like to talk. I like to be around people. I am not a quiet individual uh, who is introverted. I am the absolute opposite. I have to be around people. I want to be around people. I want to talk and know how your day's going and know what you're going through. And I love living life with people. It's Miranda says that I've never met a stranger and I really feel that way in my heart. Um, and this is a challenge. This is tough. This is difficult. What we're living in right now. But David, wherever he's at in his life, at this point in time, when he is writing this psalm, he's in a dark, deep hole of depression and discouragement. And what I want to talk to you tonight for just a few minutes, we're not going to take long tonight on the broadcast. We're just going to take a few minutes to take apart a couple of these verses. And then I want to give you some encouragement. But David is in a circumstance in a situation. David wants God to change the circumstance or the situation. And really for me, I, what I see here and something that's really great that we need to take out of this is I see man's sorrow being God's opportunity. Man's sorrow, man's despair, David's doubt, David's discouragement, and David's depression is actually a place for God to do a great work in his life. And really what we do with our circumstances and situations, uh, they're difficult, they're hard, but we always say that we want God, we want him to work on our complication. God, I want you to work on what's complicated in my life. I want you to fix it. I want you to move people. I want you to move situations and circumstances. I want you to work on my complication. And really, sometimes what God is saying in that complication that's causing you these issues and these emotions is that he wants to work on our character. He wants to work on the inside. It's a trial by fire. It's experience and it's life that God's going to let you live so that he can teach you something and that he can develop your character. And really, some of the greatest uh times in my life where I've grown closest to the Lord has been in places where I've come out of great darkness and despair and discouragement. There are some things that God is only going to show you in the darkness. There are some things that you'll only be able to hear when everything else in your life is turned off. There are some things in your life that you'll never be able to understand until you are so close to the Father that you can hear His heartbeat next to your ear. And really, what we should be praying in this time of great discouragement and great doubt and great fear is not God changed the circumstance. God's in control, and He's going to do as He sees fit for His perfect will. And we can ask him to change that. But above all, as Christians, our job and our responsibility is God change my character. I want to grow. I want to be different than I was yesterday. I want to be more like you. I want to have faith that's greater, faith that's stronger. And I want more faith to believe more that you are God and that you are in control. God, give me something that I don't have right now. And God, grow my character. And really, sometimes we even say, God, we want you to change our circumstance. And really, he wants to change us first. We say, God, hurry up and change it. And God says, it's your move. It's your move. It's your opportunity to change. It's your opportunity to grow. I'm waiting on you. 
And for us tonight, is God getting your attention in a way that he's never had it before? Is God getting more of your time through the reading of his word and prayer than he ever has before? I know he has for me. And what I'm asking God to do is to change my character, to develop a trust and a love for him that I've never had before. God, I want to be different. I don't want to leave this situation or circumstance the way I came. I want you to change my life and I want you to change my attitude. So here's what I want to leave you tonight for this study. I want us to take these six verses. I want us to break them down into three categories. And I want you to see what happens and what develops at the end of this short psalm. So the first two verses, we see that David has great sorrow. David is dealing, like we talked about, with this exhausted, depressed state. And I was just at... uh, Uh, Grace Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And on Easter Sunday night, as so many of you saw online, uh, an EF3 tornado tore through that community, the Shallowford Road uh, area. Uh, There's multiple subdivisions and apartment complexes. And there's this big, beautiful Baptist church sitting up on the hill, uh, a big, huge cross out front. And also attached to that church is Grace Baptist Academy, a high school, an elementary school, a beautiful daycare, and a a sports complex. And on Easter Sunday night, that EF3 tornado uh, tore through at about 11 o'clock and absolutely destroyed that beautiful campus. And yesterday I was there with Pastor Jason and Pastor Mike at Grace Baptist, and uh, we were standing there literally in what was left of their their campus. And I saw rubble and pieces of uh, material from all their buildings scattered everywhere, insulation, sheet metal, their church vans, all the books, anything you can imagine here at Trinity uh, that we would have, uh, just decimated. And I was standing there with them, and, and really the air got taken out of my cell a little bit. I was, I was trying to be a blessing and to help them, and, and I was working with hearts with hands and coordinating with them and trying to get some help and relief into that area. And really I felt in my heart for them despair to look at all 13 buildings with severe, uh, some of it uh, just utterly destroyed um, and try to find the positive and the good on top of everything else that's going on. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how there is going to be any good come from this. And remember, they're still dealing with everything from the virus, everything that the governor there in Tennessee had mandated, everything that they're dealing with on the city side with Chattanooga. They're they're dealing with a lot. And then on top of all that, this tornado comes and it changes their entire circumstance and situation and really uh, alters their future forever. And I was standing there with Pastor Mike and I was saying, man, I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you guys. We're going to help you in any way we can. I'm so sorry about your campus. And you know what he said to me? He said, that's okay. Church isn't a building. Church isn't a campus. And God is able to rebuild this to be greater than it ever was before. And I thought to myself, my goodness, I have said that hundreds of times. Church is not the building. Church is not the building. But somewhere 
in his heart, in Pastor Mike's heart, God had already dealt with him on a different level. And he was able to take his situation and his circumstance, and he was able to say, hey, you know what? God's in control of this, and God is going to take care of us. And I'll never forget when he looked at me and said, church is in a building. And what a reminder for us. And really, David's in this same type of situation. He is in a situation where he feels like nothing is ever going to change. So David is, yes, in sorrow. And yes, it does hurt. And yes, with this great sorrow can come a sense of abandonment. But I'm here to encourage you tonight to tell you this. God has not abandoned you. God has not turned his back on you. God is still listening. God is still able and God is still in control. So even in this great sense of pain, and even when you feel like you are abandoned, I'm here to encourage you tonight that you are not alone. And that becomes rhetorical and that becomes cliche, but there's nothing rhetorical and there's nothing cliche about the fact that God is with you and that he's in control. You've not been abandoned. And in this dark sense of doubt, there is a place in your life where you struggle with faith. There really is. Maybe you're even tonight watching and you're doubting God. You're doubting that God's in control. Maybe you're doubting that there even is a God. And here's what's great about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says very clearly that when you're struggling with doubt and when you're struggling with fear, that God will give other people around you the faith to believe and the faith to pray for you. And tonight, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to ask God to encourage you. And I'm asking you to pray that prayer. If you're feeling a sense of doubt and a, a sense of, of fear and discouragement and you feel abandoned, you've got to pray. You've got to seek the face of God. Do not go to Facebook. Do not go to Instagram. Do not go to Fox News or CNN or MSNBC and expect there to be peace. There is peace found in God's word through and by prayer and reading his word. There's hope. And it's found in God's word tonight. So yes, there is sorrow, but there is great sustainment in God's word. The second part of this six-verse psalm, verses three and four, I see this word, supplication. And all supplication means is to ask, to ask diligently the Lord's will. And look what David says. Consider and hear me, O Lord, that my God, lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. This right here, what David is describing is his emotions are out of control. I'm so depressed. I'm so down. I feel like I'm such in a dark hole that I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to die early and I'm going to go to the grave because of how down and depressed and how absolutely low I feel. I can't get any darker without being dead, God. Now you do something. Lighten my eyes. Let me see light. Let me see encouragement. He's asking God. And look in this verse here in verse four. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him and those that trouble me rejoiced when I am moved. He's basically throwing a little bit of a pity party. David's saying, 
I'm, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. I'm in this hole. It's dark. It's depressing. And the people who hate me are going to say, hey, look at David. He died. He got so low. He couldn't win. He lost. And really, maybe tonight that's your inside voice. Maybe that's what you're hearing is you're hearing a lot of doubt and you're hearing a lot of fear and you're hearing that fire get stoked of your faith being crumbled and crippling and cracking. Let me tell you something tonight. There is power in supplication. You can go to your father and you can ask him for exactly what you're dealing with. I have a financial problem. Father, in Jesus' name, fix that financial problem. I'm having health crisis. I'm sick and I can't have anybody in the hospital with me. God, in Jesus' name, come to them and encourage them by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is power in supplication for anyone who's a child of God. So I see sorrow, but I see the tide beginning to turn in David's tone and their supplication. Really, if we started at the bottom here where the sorrow was in these first two verses, it's almost like it's below sea level. David's so low, he's below sea level. And now here we are at sea level. We're at least asking, we're, we're begging God, we're pleading with him, we're at least expressing what we're feeling. So we're, we're making improvement here in this psalm with David's attitude and his emotions. Now let's go to the last two verses of the psalm. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. In six short verses, David goes from how long will thou forget me to this incredible word in verse five, but, but. I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Here's the whole point of this psalm. David chose to change his attitude. David chose to change the way he looked at the situation and the circumstance. And yes, there was sorrow. And then we saw those two verses in three and four there where there was supplication. And, and yes, you can ask for help. It's overwhelming sometimes. That's what uh, so beautiful about the relationship that we have with Jesus is not only does he save us, but he loves us and he cares about us. And we can ask for things according to his will. And then the last part of this that I see in verses five and six is a song. We saw the sorrow. We saw his heart change. There'd be supplication. And now there's a song. We've gone from this deep, dark hole of depression and doubt and fear. And he says, God, you're going to have to change this or I'm going to die. And now we see a song in verse five and six. And really, here's why David can sing because of God's unchanging self. God does not change. God is immovable. God is immovable completely. He cannot be moved. He cannot be changed. He is God. And there is peace in the salvation that God gives. And there is peace in the sufficiency that God is and all is well. 
God's in control of this, people. He's in charge of you. He's in charge of me. He's in charge of this church, our pastors, our deacons, our finance committee, everything going on in the government. God is in control of every single bit of it. Don't you fear. Don't you worry. Don't give in. Even in great sorrow, you have the option to say, God, I can't do this on my own. Will you change me so that I can be who you want me to be in the circumstance, in the situation. It's a totally different way of looking at what we're going through. God, don't change the circumstance as much as it is. God, would you change me? God, change me. God, take me and break me and mold me and shape me into exactly what you want me to be. God, I'm so sick of being status quo. God, I'm so tired of looking in the mirror at the same person every day with the same problems. God, I want to change. And maybe, just maybe, God has the church in a place to where you can't even walk into this building. You're having to watch online or on Facebook, but he's got your attention to the point that now you can stop, you can pause, and you can say, God, would you do a work in my life tonight? I want to change and I want to be different. And if we'll all pray that prayer, if we'll all ask God to change us forever, that we would never be the same so that when we come back here and we're able to congregate in our place of meeting, that God we be able to do something with this congregation, this body of believers like he's never been able to do before. God's got our attention, church. It's in our hands now. It's our opportunity to allow God to change us. I want more faith. I want more trust. And I want to be led by God in all that I do and all that I say, in the way I live and the way I conduct my life. May this be our prayer tonight that in six simple verses, our lives would change just like David's did. And look, here's what's crazy about all this. Nothing in David's life had changed. Think about that. Okay, so he's prayed these prayers. He's said what he said. He's written about his sorrow. And by verse 6, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Has anything changed since the beginning verse? No. Saul's not dead. He didn't get a, a shipment of supplies. He, he doesn't get a, a special forces team into that place that he's in. Nothing in his life changed between verse 1 and verse 6. But the reason he can come to verse 6 and sing is because God hasn't changed. And he says here, because the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. And I'm going to tell you something. God has been good to me. He's been good to me, church. He's given me more than I could ever deserve. He's given me life. He's given me abilities. He's given me love. He's given me family. He's given me more than I've ever deserved and that I'm more than I'll ever be able, able to put into words to tell him how much I love him and how thankful I am. And, and really, this is where we are tonight. And for just a minute, we're going to close. We're going to pray. I know this is so different than anything that we've ever had to experience. And I'll be very transparent. It is so difficult to look into this tiny little camera up here and try to 
get out what's on your heart. I'm just being transparent. But when I saw this Psalm and I saw the change and I saw what God did for David, I want the same thing. I want it for me. And I hope tonight you want the same for you and for your family. So we saw the sorrow. We saw it change to supplication. And then because he asked God and God gave him peace, he's able to sing a song. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and may God bless you until next time on Time for Truth.